Hi. We're New Sensei. I'm Daniel. I'm Andrea. And you're listening to the Interview Interview Show! Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel. Hi, I'm Andrea. We're New Sensei. And you're listening to The Interview Show. Great. First, I'm going to start with, can you guys spell New Sensei and then tell me the origin of the name? N-U with an umlaut, and then a space, and then S-E-N-S-A-E. Okay, so i got to jump in and say, for all the people who like you and want to do emails about you and put stuff about you on the internet how do you type a U with an umlaut how's this guy I don't know <laughs> I always just uh, I just I look up like I type in umlaut and I copy it <laughs> I like copy and paste it but we I don't know sometimes we just like we're not too like anal about it we don't if yeah. people don't use it it's alright but the extra effort's nice yeah and as for the name it's uh, it's kind of a secret it's origins but it doesn't mean anything we just made it up when we were 14 Andre and I went to high school together so we made it up when we were kids mm-hmm. But it's a secret. Yeah. And will remain that way forever? Maybe you'll find out in the fan club. Yeah. Newsletters. Okay, I've read about that, that you guys send out fairly intense stuff to your fans. I really like bands from, like, the 90s that did a lot of DIY fan mailing stuff, like Bikini Kill or Sonic Youth or things like that. And uh, I have a lot of fan fanzines from those bands. And I got really kind of bummed one day that no one really does that anymore, and a lot of fan 
if people do have fan club stuff, it's all kind of like digital. And so I just made a post on our Facebook once, like a few months ago, and I just said, hey, send us your addresses and we'll send you stuff. And it just started like that. And now we have like hundreds of members and like, I think it's like nine different countries, like all over the world and stuff. And it's free. Like we just, we just send it out. I think it's, it's a, it's kind of expensive, but it's like, I think it's worth it to invest in people who like invest in stuff that we do. Cause I mean, no one has to buy our stuff. So we might as well like send it to people who like it. Exactly. <laughs> so can you, t- <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a cold. Can you um, talk about something that you sent out? Um, we usually include a crossword, which we recently found out are quite difficult, <laughs> our crosswords, but I thought they were easy. I was reading one clue or something about a meth addicted city in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's well, it's published now. That's Salem, Oregon. So, you know, they have like a. I think it's fairly well known about Salem. But we had a big we had a big we had a show there that became kind of notorious. Just we played this like crack house in Salem, Oregon once with our friends White Lung. And it was just like that was. Yeah, that was just one of the clues. Basically, our crosswords are all just like inside jokes and things about us, which are probably really hard for other people to answer but some people have completed them almost we've got some people who are pretty good at them cool i was facebook stalking daniel today and i saw a picture of him on his facebook that with a t-shirt where uh, the t-shirt said girls invented punk rock and not england so i was wondering if you guys could talk about what you think women or non-straight white males bring to the punk table i think that uh that's a kim gordon shirt that she made kim gordon from sonic youth and um i think uh Personally, I'm a gay male, and uh, I really relate to women punk musicians a lot more than I relate to... Not that I don't like, you know, straight male punk or male punk, but uh, I've always really, really liked female punk, and I've grown up on a lot of female artists, and I think there's something inherently punk about uh, people who are on the fringe of a community somehow doing... I think, you know, like, because... Women. Yeah. Well, women or like gay guys, you know, like queer core or like, because I mean, punk is people, you know, I guess in like very generalized terms, punk is like, you know, it's usually people who are angry about something and feel like they've been given the short end of the stick and they want to sing about it or whatever. Uh, not, you know, not exclusively, but generally. And so I think that that's totally, everyone can feel that and that's totally like, you know, for everybody. But I think there's something inherently angry about maybe growing up as a girl or growing up gay or growing up feeling like you don't fit into like you know the top seat in society and so I think it just makes it all that much more interesting when it comes from that perspective cool Andrea I'd love you to weigh in I mean punk is supposed to be subversive and sort of rebellious and what's more rebellious than to say that England didn't invent punk yeah, I, I mean, it's just that shirt. I think it's just like says a lot and different messages. I think it's I think there's like a funny aspect to it too as well, because it's like just like she said, like people say that England invented punk rock and there's that argument that it was New York or whatever. And so it's like I think Kim was probably just like thought it was funny that because I mean, especially back then, it was like women in that kind of those kind of bands were fairly new. And so it was never even a question that women had anything to any place in punk, never mind any kind of origin it had. So I think it's kind of just like a funny stab to say that women invented it, never mind all of these other people arguing whether it was like England or New York. Hi. We're New Sensei. I'm Daniel. I'm Andrea. And you're listening to the Interview, Interview Show. Show.
there's also Burn Zero, which is the final track on our album. And uh, that song is about Andre and I's childhood, growing up with, uh, I guess, uh, at, youth, at, uh, at risk youth type of kids. <laughs> Even though we necessarily weren't, but we just, uh, we grew up with some kids who were like really rough and we just kind of wanted to like, we were just Pay like shit disturbers. So that's, that's what that song's about, is growing up as teens. If, I mean, a lot of people do that, just like teens who like to cause trouble. And that's what that song's about. Hi, I'm Daniel. Hi, I'm Andrea. We're New Sensei. And you're listening to The Interview Show. Cool, thanks guys. Okay, I was reading a quote about you guys where they were celebrating your success, and they were talking about you having credibility in Canada, and, and I find it, whenever I, punk bands get quotes like that, I find it kind of funny. Why do punk bands have to be quote-unquote credible, and what do you think in your situation has made you that way? What? Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that was That was Kenneth McCorkle from White Lung, our... Our BFF band. Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, I was reading about you guys, and they were talking about how you're becoming credible in Canada. What does that mean for a punk band? I don't know anything about what that means, to be honest. I, I think that we... I mean, we've never toured Canada, so... Uh, if we have any credibility in Canada, I'm very grateful for it, because I feel like we haven't worked super hard at... You know, in, in at Canada, as hard as we have with, you know, somewhere like the States. But, um... I think, I think credibility, I think there's different varying degrees of credibility, and I'm not sure what, whatever that quote came from, I'm not sure what that person's idea of it is, but I think... Uh, it's because it's punks are stubborn or something, I don't know. <laughs> I, think that the, I think it's like any other community where, <clears throat> and I think that it's, I think it can be more so with punk because I think people get, I think punks get very uh, territorial over what they believe punk is or what they believe something should be or how it should be done which kind of takes you know a lot away from what I believe is punk which is you know everyone kind of doing what they believe is their own thing you know I don't think of punk as a genre anymore you know I think that stuff is very like I used to think like that when I was like 14 years old you know now it's like I think people can dress however they want or do anything they want as long as they're happy with it and they're keeping their I mean, I don't even want to say integrity because who cares about that sometimes, but I just like, I don't know. I think it's, I think people just have to do what makes them happy. And as long as they're not fucking with other people, then yeah, I think it's like, you know, do what you have to do. Cool. Thanks for that, guys. And you guys are sharing a cigarette, which I think is very adorable. <laughs> we do that often. Cool. All right. So you guys are at the center of, I would, I would almost say epicenter of the Vancouver scene. So I was wondering if you guys could talk about a major advantage of that and a major disadvantage of that. That's flattering of you to say. I would, I, I find it hard to think of it in those terms because I think, but I think we, I think we have worked really hard at kind of making a name for ourselves. Not that that's, you know, a concern of mine or Andrea's, but I think we, we work really hard and I think people respect that and, you know, I'm glad people like our music and uh, if we, if, uh, yeah, I don't know, I wouldn't say we're at the epicenter necessarily, but I think that we do a lot, we try and do a lot in this city and I think a lot of bands, you know, not necessarily in our immediate scene or anything or anyone specifically, but I think in all cities, a lot of bands have a tendency that if like, you know, the going gets tough, they kind of run to like somewhere like Montreal or you know, New York or something to try and find a scene that's already, you know, what they may think is like flourishing or something. And I think we've been always from the beginning, very like adamant that we're going to try and just, you know, make things happen here. And, 
you know, you know, we put on a night here and we, you know, we encourage our friends from the States or other places to come and play here. And, you know, I don't, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's a conscious effort to try and keep us on top of the city or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, we really like creating stuff and creating spaces and having people come to shows because that's what we did, you know. And so if we never had that, then we wouldn't be a new sensei. And so if other people don't have that, then, you know, then Vancouver's music scene will die. And so I think an advantage of that is that, you know, we find it pretty, it's like fairly easy for us to, you know, get a show here or like, you know, we know we're friends with a lot of bands here and we have a good relationship with people here. And so that's an advantage of it. I don't know. I don't think there's a, I think, I don't know about disadvantages. What do you think? Disadvantages. We, uh, we get asked to play a lot. Sometimes we sort of burn ourselves out. And I think people like New Sensei plays every week, twice a week. We're trying to we're trying to stop doing that a little bit. I've got to call you on that. As a band, being asked to play a lot is not really a big disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the disadvantage comes from that. Us there's a bit of like a to say no. yeah. <laughs> and like, okay. there's a bit of a running joke I think amongst like a, some people we know that we play all the time, which is true. And I, I think we but we've always been like that. I mean, the first year of our band, we played an average of like once a week for a whole year I think it was and that's how we but that's how we got enough money to put out our first album so I think it's like yeah we have a tough time saying no and we like playing with a lot of different people and we'll play with anybody you know we're not kind of like we don't have like you know bigger small show we don't really care we just like playing <laughs> cool all right you guys are about to take off on a tour with White Lung mm-hmm. and uh, I was reading the other day on a blog um from uh, Thor Harris, some tips to survive touring. So I'm going to take two of his tips okay. and ask you guys to, to comment on it. Okay. So one of his tips is that when you're in the van with a lot of people, if you fart, you have to own it. Opinion. No. No. <laughs> who cares? No. I don't think... I think that... I don't know. We're not like that kind of... We're not like... That's why it sounds weird, but we're not like the farting kind of... Like, not, like, we've been on tour with White Long before, and that's... I don't think that's ever been an issue. I don't remember anyone farting and being like, ooh, it was it, or anything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember anyone farting. Yeah. I think we're all... I don't not know. Not to say that we don't fart. I mean, we're just... I never fart. Yeah, damn. Never. Uh, but, uh... I think we're too busy being concerned about... Not killing not each kill, other. Yeah. <laughs> we always go, like... New Sensei, we tend to go on very long tours. Like, this one with White Lung is 60 shows for North American. And Andre and I just, last summer we did another one that was, like, I think it was nine and a half weeks. And, like, so we tend to do really long ones. So I think things like that start to fall out of the any kind of realm of concern. I think we're more concerned about, you know, staying alive and trying to get to our show and making sure our van doesn't fall apart because we don't have money to keep it, you know, in the state it should be to take it on a full North American tour. All right, fair enough, fair enough. The other thing that he was talking about, or one of the other things he said, is that he was talking about the importance of masturbation. So he says that sometimes you got you uh, have to get creative, so I want you guys to talk about the importance <laughs> of that and a time you've gotten creative to spend some time doing a little bit of self-love. We don't get creative with ourselves. I think we get creative for other people. Like our last roadie with White Lung, uh, we were his sex agents. So basically we came up with a profile for him of what he was looking for. Just to keep him happy because he's not playing shows, you know. Yeah. Um, he th- he doesn't get the same sort of fun that we do. We would try and find him a gal. He ended up with a gal that threw up on herself. <laughs> that was his own choice. <laughs> I I just want I want to know what creative masturbation is. <laughs> I want to know what that guy's a what like is that like like using like 
food or something? Like, finding time alone on tour is pretty impossible. And then when you do, it's usually interrupted and you, yeah. I don't know. I. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Daniel. Hi, I'm Andrea. We're new sensei. And you're listening to The Interview Show. a song called Disappearing Act, and uh, actually, never mind, I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> Sorry, can I cancel that? <laughs> Edit that out. I just realized this is inappropriate. Um, okay, we... Uh, We've talked about masturbating no, and farting. No, How is it inappropriate? It's weird. It's like, no, we don't want to divulge it. It's not... Okay. I, almost, yeah, I almost told the secret there. Um, let's think of another track. Uh, well, there's uh, I'm a Body. Is uh, That song is about... Uh, Actually, I don't want to talk about that one either. Why don't we just do Disappearing Act and say it just it's for a soul? Oh, yeah. Yeah, can well, you play uh, Disappearing Act and it's for our late friend Isolt? Yeah, it's a song about our, our friend Isolt who died. And so that's a, it's a really important song to us on our record. Hi. We're New Sensei. I'm Daniel. I'm Andrea. And you're listening to the Interview Show! Show. Okay, so someone described your music as a soundtrack to my hobo fight in a parking lot. Your reaction? <laughs> I didn't really understand that. I read that too. Um, what is that from? I think it was from... I can't remember. It was something on the internet. It was from a review of a record. Yeah. A hobo... Uh, what does it say it again? The soundtrack to my hobo fight in a parking lot. Whoa. Well, uh, you know what? Well, 
I don't want to talk for this guy, but I think he's saying that your music is intense and gritty. Uh, I've yeah, I would say we've heard that a lot, <laughs> so it must be true, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. I was also reading another blogger who interviewed you guys, and uh, she was a friend of yours, and she said that it was never a good idea to try to join a two-piece. Oh. So uh, why are you guys such a powerful duo? I don't know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it's funny, the duo thing, we, we get like a lot of questions on that kind of thing, and it's like, we never set out to be a duo. Andrea and I have known each other, you know, for 10 years, and we always had this kind of like fake band called New Sensei that Andrea and I played in, which we never even had instruments or knew how to play, and we always just said we were a New Sensei. And then we started a band out of high school called Maggie Got Wrath, which was uh, with other members. And then one day when they didn't show up to practice, we just started playing music by ourselves, and that's what became New Sensei. And it was never, you know, we don't, I don't particularly think duos are neither here nor there. I don't really seek out duos. I don't feel like any, like, duo pride or anything. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, because, you know, like, people have asked us, like, who are your favorite duos? And it's like, I don't know. Like, I like, I just like playing music. And Andrea and I are such good friends, and we've always played music together. And it, I mean, we've always, you know, we're, I don't know, I think we've always been open to adding someone else or, I mean, that the person who I think you're talking about, the person that interests is our friend Nikki, and we, when we first started playing, we wanted her to play guitar in the band, and it didn't work out for other reasons, that we just, at that time, we felt like it wasn't necessary, but I mean, who knows what, you know, we were always open to change, I think it's important for bands to not stick to any kind of you know, we're a duo and that's it. Like, we're just going to do that. I mean, I'm always open to change or fluctuation. Okay, I'm going to twist the question a little bit. Because you guys are so close to the Vancouver scene, who in the Vancouver scene would be the worst match to add as a per- third person in the band? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the worst match. What do you mean? I don't, like, yeah, in, in what way? Like, just, in, like... Yeah, if you were going to add a third member from another band in the Vancouver scene, who would be the worst person to add, and why? Brody McKnight. If you let everybody in who doesn't know who he is. Brody McKnight, he plays guitar in Heavy Chains, which is Andrea's other band, and he plays guitar in Eating Out, which is my other band. And he would be the absolute worst person to add to our band. Worst. Okay, now, because both of you work with him in other bands, I have to ask why. He's too good. Yeah, he's He's just too great. He's too good. He's too good. How could we ever live up to his guitar playing? <laughs> I don't know. That would be quite the challenge. Bring it on. <laughs> cool. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking out time to speak with me today. I would love it if you could take a track off your current record, TV, Death, and the Devil, and talk a little bit about it as I play the music. Okay, you talk about it. Okay, uh, this, the song is Total Drift. And when we were recording the song, we had a limited amount of time to figure everything out, and we were recording for like 12 hours straight to like 5 in the morning, and we were losing it on each other. And Daniel wanted me to do this one vocal part, and I couldn't do it, so then I just screamed and said, there, is that fine? And that scream, actually, Jesse was recording us, recorded it, and it's in the song. So there's one part in the song where it goes into this kind of like where there'd almost be like a solo. It's right after this kind of like breakdown part. And Andrea just does this long, she does this like long continuous scream. And that's basically Andrea screaming at me in the studio that yeah. Jesse had recorded. And so we used it for the record. It's part of the song, <laughs> but it's the vocal track. All right. So that's Total Drift by New Sensei. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi, we're, we're Daniel and Andrea. We're New Sensei, and you're listening to The Interview Show.